Welcome to this special edition of Pop Health Week, recorded live in the Healthcare Now Radio studio at HIMSS 2021 in Las Vegas. Pop Health Week is brought to you by Health Innovation Media. Health Innovation Media brings your brand narrative alive via original or value-added digitally curated content for omni-channel distribution and engagement. Connect with us at www.popupstudio.productions. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, Managing Director of Health Innovation Media and the producer co-host of Pop Health Week. Joining me in Healthcare Now Radio studio is my partner, colleague, and lead co-host, Fred Goldstein, President of Accountable Health, LLC. So, Fred, with that introduction, over to you. Who do we have on deck for today's HIMSS 2021 Special Edition? Thanks so much, Greg. Our guest today is George Valentine, the Executive Director of Cox Communications. George, welcome to Pop Health Week. Fred, it's a pleasure to be here and to be with you here at HIMSS 2021, right? Well, thanks so much, really, for joining us. And let's get into a little bit. Why don't you provide our audience with a sense of your background and a little bit about the company, Cox Communication? Oh, fantastic. Well, um, uh, I come from a startup background. I was involved in uh, founding and starting two technology uh, startups. And then I joined Cox Communications Innovations Group. And so a lot of you may know Cox Communications. We are the largest private telecom in the United States, and we are part of the broader $21 billion Cox Enterprise organization. And so you now obviously have this technology company that does all kinds of things with communications. What is it specifically you're talking about here at HIMSS that you've done in the healthcare space? Uh, today, we, we're excited to talk about Cox Communications vision and connected health. And so in 2015, Cox acquired a company called Trapalo, which is one of the nation's leading virtual care and RPM, remote patient monitoring companies. And what's great about that acquisition is it gave us um, an entree into the home. So when you think about virtual care today going to the home, we have that end of the healthcare node covered very well, the care continuum. On the other side, the hospital side, today we're excited to announce our new product, Cox ProSite. This is an ROT platform, an IoT platform that enables hospitals to track and monitor um, equipment, people, and conditions inside the hospital. So when you think about that, you've got a hospital out there, obviously, with all this equipment, a lot of employees, etc. You're talking about the possibility to real-time monitor where this stuff and individuals and people are? Yeah, that's exactly right. So if we just take those three things, so we have equipment, conditions, and people. So equipment, think about uh, Dopplers, think about IV pumps, think about SCDs, all this mobile equipment. A decade and a half ago, there were about eight to nine pieces of connected equipment per bed. Today, we're at 11, 12, and 13 pieces of connected equipment devices per bed. And so how do we monitor those? How do we pull that data out? What do we do with that data? These are the kinds of things we like to do. On the environmental side, temperature. Think about vaccinations and vaccines. Think about condition environments like the operating room. Think about food storage. A lot of that stuff needs to be monitored and reported against. And so we can automate all that process. And then lastly, think about people, staff, and patients. The ability to track them, either to help them in a staff-to-rest kind of environment or from a patient tracking perspective. So I'm thinking back to the days when I was a hospital executive. And I, I would assume that most of this was done on paper and sort of in somebody's head. Is that what you're solving for? 
Yeah, exactly right. Especially when you think about environmental monitoring, that's the easy one to think about. If you go around, you see the the clipboard with the paper on it with the initials MK at 513 at 2 o'clock, 56 degrees. We can completely automate that process. So when JCO or M&B or anyone comes into the facility, you can automatically produce the reports that needed for that compliance effort. And in terms of finding equipment, et cetera, I mean, hospitals obviously are under incredible stress to, to become more efficient, to create value, reduce costs. I would assume this is an efficiency play as well. Yeah, that, that's a great point. So w- when you look at nursing, let's just take nurses. Um, we found that nurses spend about 21 minutes per shift looking for equipment. So there's a patient safety impact to that, but there's also a nursing satisfaction issue when you pull them and say, is this a problem for you? 73% of them say it's a significant dissatisfactor to their job of not being able to find the equipment when they need it. So this ability to pull up a mobile app or to go to the charge nurse station and look online and say, I need this piece of equipment, hit a button, search, and find it anywhere in the hospital, what's the closest, and then go get it, is a significant efficiency play. And so sort of from a technological approach, obviously the Internet of Things, Internet of Healthy Things is just exploding. How does some system like this work in a hospital? What are sort of the pieces that are put in place? Uh, That's a great point. So um, what you have to have is a sensing layer, Uh, And we use technology that's based on BLE connectivity so we can tag people or we can tag equipment. And then those tags connect to gateways via BLE, Bluetooth Low Energy. And then the gateways connect, uh, have a Wi-Fi radio which connect to the hospital's Wi-Fi system and backhaul that data to our cloud where we have a location engine and we have the ability to put it in our cloud solution, which then we can then present back to the clinicians via mobile or the desktop solution, whatever they prefer. So does this, on essence, map the hospital and the floors and the different things? So, And then you have beacons or something that say, here's where that piece of device is because it's pinging something or something like that? That's exactly right. So we would take the hospital blueprints and we'd create higher fidelity um, maps of, of that hospital. We would ingest that into our platform. And then after we determine where to put the gateways, and we generally put one per room, and then we put them in the hallway as well as, as, well as the other, like clean supply and dirty supply and linen rooms. So we have the hospital mapped out with all the sensing technology, and then you have a complete visualization of where anything that you're tracking, and literally anything you can put a small tag on, or a patient or a staff member, can be tracked on that map and you can see where they are in real time. And I would assume there's some sort of a dashboard or something that individuals can then use. How does that work? Yes, for so for asset location, which is a very easy uh, use case to understand, is you have this map visualization and you can say, what type of asset do I want to find? You can type that in or you can select it from a dropdown and you have a complete visualization by floor, by department, however you want to slice that data but we want to make it as efficient as possible for you to see only the data you need so you can quickly figure out where that equipment is if you're a nurse. Or if you're a, we'll give you an example, um, in one of our deployments, they have a clinical engineering staff of about four people, and this is for about a 500-bed hospital. And they spend a significant portion of their day trying to find the equipment to do their preventive maintenance uh, per their contract. 
And by deploying this within months, they were able to shave half of an FTE off their uh, work staff requirements because they knew exactly where the equipment was. And so their biggest challenge is now how can we tag more equipment because this gives us control over the process again versus the old school of hunt and peck. Where is it looking through rooms, opening up closet doors? They literally had implemented a nurse inventory system asking nurses twice a month to write down where equipment was on a particular floor. They had about 50% compliance. It really upset for the clinical staff, and it was a big drag on productivity. After we implemented that, that went away, and now they have instant access to real-time, accurate location data at a room level. And I know you mentioned earlier the vaccines and things like that, and I know with some of the facilities, particularly in Florida, when you have a storm coming in, you have these refrigerators or freezers that have to be at certain temperatures, the power goes out, suddenly the temperature gauge goes off. I assume that's what that sort of is monitoring? Yeah, that's a second set of eyes, right? So every one of those um, um, refrigeration units in your particular case have very good uh, internal measurement capabilities and monitoring capabilities. We are second set of eyes for that. And not only can we see it and then alarm if we detect something, we we're able to automate that compliance and reporting on the back end. So it's a twofold benefit to doing that. Mm-hmm. And so they can bring in, for example, if they want to just track equipment, they could do that. If they want to track people, they can add that. If they want to track temperature, they can do that. And is, is it really a software system that you've set up that can use other people's um, technology in terms of tracking devices or things on it? Yeah, that's exactly right. So once you set up the sensing infrastructure, and that is the gateway per patient room and in all the other critical rooms in the hallway, and you tag whatever you want, once that infrastructure is set up, if you have an IoT approach to this, you can literally add modules as desired. You might want to start with asset tracking. You might want to layer on staff to rest on top of that. The other, this infrastructure would also support wayfinding capabilities. So if you have an aggressive digital front door strategy on, on how we create a digital version of our hospital for our patients, and you want to enable patients to be able to walk into a facility with their mobile phones, whatever it may be, and then use automated geofining tagging to be able to figure out where to go, where's discharge, where is my loved one, where is um, the, the uh, restaurant inside um, the facility, you can do that through a wayfinding capability. And you mentioned that. Is that your app that they use? That is correct. We, we have uh, our, our suite of applications have these modules that are able to plug in, again, using the same infrastructure. Uh-huh. And how about the connectivity of your software platform, say, to an EMR or some of the obvious vendors that produce these electronic health records, et cetera. Is it capable of connecting there? It is. We want to have APIs to all the standard um, large EMRs. And what's interesting, when we talk to CIOs, we hear two schools of thought. One school of thought is we actually like your analytics, your rules engine, your learning capability, and we want to plug in some older legacy systems into that and and use your um, capability for the RTLS side or we hear some of the more advanced uh, health systems that have invested heavily in analytics and have their own big data lakes and they want to export and have a lot of that data feel, feed real time into their own systems, which then go to the EMR or their own data lake where they do their own analytics. And that's an interesting point you just brought up in terms of alerts. I know, I'm thinking of a temperature alerts, but 
can you set up, say, to alert because something is being moved? Absolutely. You know, that we're thinking it's in that room, but somebody's suddenly moving it? Yeah, absolutely. And so if that is an important, depending on the, the piece of medical equipment, you can absolutely set by equipment class different levels of alert. And we found that that was important to clinicians because they already suffer from alarm fatigue inside of uh, the hospital walls. And so they don't want more alerts. So it has to be customizable to what is really germane to their specific roles or what's critical to the operations uh, of the unit. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's been going on obviously with COVID is you know, people get very sick and suddenly you're moving them to a different ward or you've set up a new unit for them, et cetera. Does that sort of track what they're connected to, et cetera, being used as they move? Yeah, the equipment can follow them. Patient tracking is another uh, module of ours. We haven't deployed that module yet, but that is another functionality you can use inside of an RTLS system, the ability to put a band on a patient itself and follow them through the workflow of the hospital. Uh But if they were moved to another unit and they had some piece of equipment, that would be tracked, and suddenly, you know, that piece of equipment is in this room in another building. That's exactly right, and that's why something like EMR integration is so important, right? The ability to tag that patient to that piece of equipment for some limited amount of time is why you would need that EMR integration. Right, and as these um, individuals, are, as they're moving around, I understand also you're working on something around hand washing, is that correct? Yeah, hand hygiene. So this is a classic use case for our type of technology. So hospital-acquired infections, as we all know, are a big deal inside of the hospital walls. And, and, and cleaning and literally just hand hygiene as you walk into a room is one of the simplest ways to prevent that. And what we don't know is how many clinicians, nurses, doctors, when they go into a room, how many times do they actually use uh, the hand hygiene solutions? And so coupling that with the sensor that can then identify the staff member with the plunger depress or the activation of, of the dispensing system is a very easy value proposition for our type of technology, which creates huge benefits through the health system. Absolutely. And if you just joined us, our guest on Pop Health Week is George Valentine, Executive Director of Cox Communications. So, George, let's get on to some of the use cases. You mentioned one of the hospitals with their maintenance staff was able to reduce, it sounded like, in excess of 10% of an F, of, a, of a, uh, expenses associated with those four FTEs. Are you seeing other examples now beginning to be able to measure things like that? Yeah, we're early on in measuring this, um, and uh, this is a core focus of ours, but we just love that was a fresh insight not two weeks from the field. And so as we get more and more of those, we will share and publicize those. And where is this being deployed now? Right now, we, we're here today at HIMSS to talk about our Lafayette, our Oshner Lafayette General Health System deployment. It's in Lafayette, Louisiana. It's a 450-bed hospital, main medical center, and that just went live with asset tracking. It's just a wonderful customer and partner of ours. That's fantastic. We just had some Oshner folks on our show a couple of months. They're great. Weeks ago, actually. Yeah, excellent uh, facility. Let me ask you another question. So what do you do, say, in the case of an Oshner? They have multiple facilities, clinics, hospitals. Can you put that and set that up? Yeah, so that's a great. That's all about the data hierarchy. And so when you look at how we've structured the data inside of the system, 
you can start at a system level, drill down to a facility level, drill down to a group level, drill, drill down to a unit level, drill down to a clinician or, or even a clinical engineering level, right? The specific departments. So you have this ability to take the data and roll it up in any way you think is relevant to the internal analysis or setting up, even more importantly, the automated rules and alerting, right? There's, there's, we can create a lot of data, but hospital systems don't have a lot of data engineers that are sitting in the back office waiting to parse through this data to create new insights. So we have to provide that to them. And one of the best expressions of that is alerts, rules and alerts. So we take all that data, we can uh, parse it and put it together and then create alerts that really make sense for the people on the floor and for the jobs they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just a thought crossed my head. Could you use this in essence to track you know, patients as you're through the facility or individuals through your facility besides nurses if that was something of interest? Yeah, you absolutely could. Again, that, that system is called patient flow and um, there are bands, uh, there can be disposable bands to go on the patient. If you've ever been to um, a Disney cruise or a Disney park and you have those magic bands, a very similar concept where you have the ability to, as they check in, to be include that location capability. For us, that module is under development, but it's not commercially available today. But at some point, yeah, it just reminds me, I had a physician visit recently and got a survey. And the survey said, well, how long did you sit there? And I don't remember. Well, you know, when did you get back to the room? Well, I don't quite recall. But obviously, all of that, if once you deploy that, would be available, and they would have that data and be able to meet those requirements to look at whether that's reporting out to an oversight group or something like that. Well, if you think about leaving without service or leaving without treatment, right, this is a big problem in the industry. And... Two to three percent of that is, which is a massive number in terms of millions of dollars per significant health system, is really preventable. And a lot of it's preventable for either better communications and ultimately better processes where people are not sitting out there. And that requires data. And do they, does the system have full access to the data or, or is it pretty much the dashboards? Could they then take some of that data and work it themselves if they want to look at it in different ways? Yeah, absolutely. Again, we, we see two different types of health system maturities. We see the sophisticated health systems that say we have all the tools, all the analytics, and we have all the data lakes that can take that information, load it into our tool set, and allow us to do what we do. And then we see some of the other health systems that don't have that level of sophistication or and or funding, and they say we need that done for us let's use your system or systems like that to do And what's that. a deployment, typical deployment look like? Um, time, putting it out, things like that. Yeah, it, it's a few month deployment. What we need to do is we take a look at the facility blueprints and from that we create an architecture of what this will look like, where we're going to put the gateway specifically. The tags can go anywhere, any asset, any person, but it's the placement of the gateways and then the tuning of that sense of capability so that we know that we have hyperactive or accurate data, right? Room level data is so critical to this, these flow type of conversations. And so that process includes using the, um, the blueprints and then doing a site survey generally for the larger facilities and walking through there and seeing where the closets are and what makes sense, where the electrical outlets are, where do we have power for, to power the gateways. And then from that, we actually install the hardware that can take a few weeks and the tuning of the system. And so from, from commissioning to going live can be several months. Uh-huh. That makes sense. It's a, it's a big activity. 
and uh, and trying to be accurate, like you said. I can see you set a sensor up in the wrong place, and suddenly you think they're in the hallway when it's in the room, or something like that. I assume would be something you work through. So, what else is Cox doing in terms of uh, healthcare innovation? So, if you look at Connected Health, Cox has a long history of serving healthcare clients. The health systems here today, we're very happy with providing critical connectivity, networking, and increasingly cloud services. So, that's our core Cox business service. If you add on the Tropalo, now we've moved into helping the system deliver better clinical care. We're excited about that digital health move. Now with the addition of Cox ProSite, we've got both ends of the, of the care continuum covered pretty well. How do we make the hospital operations more efficient? And then how do we enable the shift to virtual care in the home? Cox has a history of, of curating services then delivering them to the home, and then allowing people to transact, whether it's entertainment, and now increasingly whether it's healthcare, that is our focus from a connected health perspective. Yeah, we're really seeing this shift to hospital at home and remote patient monitoring. We've talked about it for a long time, but it looks like we now are beginning to see the technology that allows us to do that. Yeah, what we saw from telehealth, um, the adoption rate obviously spiked, um, and you know, overnight it became completely adopted. We think RPM is almost bungee cord attached to that. It's not a, it won't have that exact same adoption rate. We think it'll lag a little bit more, but we think we'll see that kind of adoption for RPM because the solutions are very proven. If you can monitor someone in the home, they want to be in the home. There's no way to have a hospital-acquired infection at the home. It's convenient. It's lower price. And the movement that you mentioned, hospital at home, is increasingly scaling at some of the larger systems. And this is something our Tripolo acquisition does very well. The ability to discharge a person directly to the home and receive similar funding as if they were in the hospital is a big evolution in the delivery of digital care. Absolutely. And when you think about COVID now, where you begin to try to limit some access because you don't want people exposed to illness or bringing it in and you can treat them in someplace else, a, a major push. Absolutely. You know, I, I haven't been until very recently to a doctor in a year and a half. I don't know about you. And so yeah, I've done everything either I haven't done it or it's been virtual. And uh, I look forward to that new development in the, in the provisioning of care. Absolutely. We've got about a minute left. What excites you the most about this space? I think uh, when you look at um, this space, th- there are really good legacy systems out there that were built on outdated technology. They work. They're just hard to maintain and expensive. And we're looking forward. Every hospital in this country should have this type of solution. And we need to create an affordable implementation of that so every hospital can afford this. Fantastic. I really want to thank you for coming on Pop Health Week this this week. It's been fantastic to have you. It was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for having me today. And back to you, Greg. And thank you, Fred. That is the last word for today's special edition broadcast of Pop Health Week, recorded live in the Healthcare Now Radio studio at HIMSS 2021 in Las Vegas. For more information on Healthcare Now Radio's lineup of live and on-demand podcasts, including Pop Health Week, go to www.healthcarenowradio.com. And finally, if you're enjoying our work here at Pop Health Week, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast platform of your choice and do follow us on Twitter by at Pop Health Week. Bye now.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.